Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, national spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. Happy New Year, everybody. It is 2021, and I, for one, am looking forward to an awesome 2021 and a new year. Hope you're having a great new year as well. We've got Great shows lined up for you this year. We've got great magazine articles lined up for you this year in Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Uh, there might even be a little bit of a spring tour with Tucker Milling, uh, who sponsors this and so many other things with Chicken Whisperer. And uh, so, yeah, there might be a little bit of a tour um, coming up this spring. Obviously, we didn't tour last year because of COVID or this past fall. In fact, a lot of the poultry shows were canceled and uh, a lot of the feed stores were pickup only and different things like that because of the pandemic. But it looks like we may uh, kind of uh, step out of our shell a little bit this spring and do a little bit of a tour, at least maybe Georgia, Alabama, maybe Tennessee, uh, and uh, South Carolina. We'll, we'll see what happens, but we're looking at maybe doing a spring, a little bit of a spring tour where you'll see yours truly in your local feed store uh, talking all about backyard poultry like we have for the last, I think, 13 years now. As we start this year, I think this may be the 12th year of this radio show uh, and podcast. We've done well over a 1,000 episodes. The magazine, I think, coming up in February will be out, wow, six years, I think, um, and uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic, an amazing ride, and we're continuing and looking forward to doing new things uh, and continuing. Our goal is to educate everybody uh, from our long list of contributors, uh, experts in their field, so we can all learn about taking care of our backyard flock. So again, I'm looking forward to a new year. I hope you're looking forward to a new year, and uh, it's just going to be absolutely fantastic. Before I forget, uh, because it is, we'll get to our commercials a little bit later, because I always seem to forget this. Um, Tis the season. I've seen a lot of people are getting ready to uh, hatch or wanting to hatch their new spring chicks, which is fantastic. So I want to remind everybody that you get a 10% discount on your entire order, by the way, when you order from Brincy.com, you've heard their commercial played on the radio show podcast for probably a decade now. I've been to their headquarters here uh, in, in, uh, in, the, in, in America, down in uh, um, Titusville, uh, Florida, and I've met with Pascal and her husband and her whole crew down there, and uh, we had a lot of lunches together, uh, and they're great folks, and they make great incubators and uh, candlers, uh, brooder heaters. Uh, you know who they are, Brensey.com, and you get 10% off uh, all of their products when you use the coupon code WHISPER. Okay, not Whisperer. For some reason, that's hard to spell for some people, uh, which is really just Whisper with an extra ER. But if you use the coupon code WHISPER, whether you call and make your order or when you place your order online, you get 10% off your, every item in your cart. So that's pretty cool, and I always seem to forget that, but I've seen a lot of people lately wanting to hatch and are getting ready to hatch and are asking and looking for different incubators that are out there. So take advantage of that money-saving 
offer. So some some just good personal news. You know, we always have a little bit of host chat, and I always get emails and stuff from folks, and they they want to see you know kind of what's going on. Um, I'm kind of excited. My nine year old son started flying lessons. Uh, yeah, isn't that pretty cool? So uh, we have a uh, a little orientation dinner tonight. He, he's already gone on two flight lessons, and this Saturday he has his third in the plane, uh, flying at 3,000 feet in the air, and taking off, landing, all that kind of stuff. So we were doing tons of studying. Um, we got his first official pilot headset uh, last week. Uh, we got his logbook, his pilot logbook, and every hour that he's in that plane uh, goes towards his license. Uh, when he eventually gets around to taking the written test and doing that, um, he gets lots of airtime. Uh, he's memorized the uh, what they call the it's either the NATO alphabet or the military alphabet, you know, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie. Um, so he's Delta. Um, so he's memorized the whole thing, which is great. And now we're looking on flight controls. We got it like a, 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 a laminated picture of his uh, cockpit, uh, the control panel. He's flying uh, like most <laughs> a lot of of uh, students. He's flying a, a Cessna 172. Uh, many of you may be pilots and may have flown that or at least are familiar with that plane. So he's learning the instrument, instrumentation right now. So uh, that's always exciting for him. And uh, right now I'm looking into the kitchen from the office and he is washing a huge basket full of beautiful, beautiful brown eggs from our Bovins Brown Hens. We are covered up with eggs. And yes, they are laying through the winter, but we have 150 laying hens, so uh, it's not like we're a family of four or five or six and have, you know, four or five or six hens. Uh, and then everybody's talking about having to buy eggs for the first time since they've owned chickens last spring. And uh, but so we've got plenty to sell, which we do. And, of course, plenty for our family. Uh, there's no light in the coop. They free range. They're out of their coop anywhere from eight or nine in the morning till eight or nine at night. They're out free ranging and uh, and having a lot of fun. Uh, but we've got, well, baskets and baskets of, and cartons and cartons of eggs. So um, if you're local and you listen, I just posted on Facebook a little bit earlier today. I said I made a post on my personal page that said something like um, buy local, they said on their Facebook page. And then they go and buy eggs at their local Walmart <laughs> said we have plenty of local right here on our farm. Come and get you some. And uh, had a picture of some beautiful brown eggs. So uh, and it was interesting. A lot of people, a lot of other friends of mine who also uh, have hens, obviously. Uh, and and I had mentioned this on a on a post a couple of days ago, where it said, uh, you know, uh, when the pandemic was full force, you know, back in March. You know, I had all kinds of customers coming out of the woodwork. Hey, hey, what's up, you got some eggs? I want to come get some eggs. And then when eggs got back in the stores, they disappeared. But I still have my regular customers. So I made a, a point to, to put on that note that, hey, regular customers get priority. If this happens again, if we go into another 90-day shutdown, they're talking about another you know federal shutdown, mask mandate, all this stuff. If we do another shutdown and panic ensues and all the stores are out of everything and the supply chain gets disrupted, um, hey, current customers are going to get priority. So if you just like, oh, I can always go to Andy if they run out of eggs in the store. Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. Current customers who buy throughout the year and have stuck with us other than just panic buying and trying to fall back on the local farmer. Not happening. Not happening again. No, no, no. <laughs> so uh, current customers get priority. Um, what do you charge for your eggs? Let me know on the Facebook page because uh, it varies all over the country. If, if we lived a, a little bit further south, we could probably get five or six dollars a dozen for our eggs if we get closer down to the Alpharetta, Johns Creek, uh, Roswell, Dunwoody area. Uh, up where we're at, we're pushing it at four dollars a dozen, which is what we charge. Um, and then a lot of people in this area are, are even at three dollars a dozen. And when you look at the forums, a lot of people are, are just, you know, oh, I sell them for all I can get is two dollars a dozen or that type of thing. So. If you go to your Walmart uh, and look at a, you know, a dozen, however they're labeled, pasture-raised, blah, 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 they're more than $4 a dozen, folks, and that's at your Walmart. So um, price accordingly, folks. All right, we have a great show lined up for you today. Come learn all about 4-H Poultry Opportunities. Our guest today, of course, is poultry scientist Dr. Bridget McRae. And uh, before I bring her on, though, I got to get through this first little commercial break. We'll come back during the commercial break. 
hey, get that pen and paper ready because you're going to be writing, taking lots of notes. Also, another thing I wanted to tell you, because uh, if you have to break away during the show or I forget to tell you, uh, it's a double show week. Double show week. So today, we're very fortunate to have poultry scientist Dr. McCray on. This Thursday, at our regular time at 2 p.m., we're going to have poultry veterinarian uh, Dr. Pateski uh, from UC Davis out in California. He's going to be talking about, I think it's prepping for your new flock, uh, preparing for your new flock. Let me see kind of what we're titling it here. Uh, I've got it in a text here from Dr. Pateski. Probably some ship prepping for a new flock. That's what we're going to be talking about this Thursday. So make sure to mark your calendars and tune in. So it's a double show week this week, kicking off 2001. And we'll be back right after this short break. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Chickens across the country are flocking to grubbits. These natural, oven-dried, black soldier fly larvae are sustainably raised right here in the USA. Grubbits account for 10 to 15% of a normal diet and are available at almost half the price of some competing brands. More calcium, stronger eggshells, healthier feathers, happier hens. Find Grubbits online at grubbits.com, on social media at Grubbits, or on Amazon, G-R-U-B-B-E-T-S. That's Grubbits, the feed chickens need. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. All right, there's one more thing I was going to remind you guys about. Oh, uh, they just played the um, uh, Ideal Poultry uh, commercial spot. Uh, just, I think it was yesterday or the day before, they're now taking orders for 2021 Ideal Poultry. I believe it's idealpoultry.com. They're out of Cameron, Texas. Good group of folks over there. I've visited them. I've visited their hatchery. Uh, I've walked through, I've looked at their huge mammoth uh, U-Haul sized incubators uh, set, of course, at 99.5 degrees. <laughs> and um, a lot of things are lasting in that memory when you go and see how the big boys are doing it. But they ship close to 7 million chicks every single year. Uh, they probably ship more than any of the hatcheries that you're familiar with as backyarders. In fact, they even supply a lot of the other hatcheries uh, with their baby chicks, especially in the off season. Uh, and then with other breeds that the other hatcheries uh, do not uh, carry. And that, that's kind of a trade secret. You may or may not know that, but a lot of times when you get that box of chicks at your door and you ordered from a particular website, a particular company name, those chicks may come from a completely different hatchery. And then you get online and like, oh, yeah, I order from this hatchery all the time, and they are fantastic. And those chicks didn't even, even come from that hatchery. Um, or maybe you had something happen en route, and um, you had a few that were dead on arrival, and you start blaming the hatchery. Oh, the hatchery. Uh, da, 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 da. And those chicks didn't even come from that hatchery. So a little trade secret there. It's not. I don't think it's any secret. Um, and uh, but yes, I've always kind of kind of grin a little bit, kind of snicker under my breath when when I see folks complaining about a particular hatchery, knowing that you know what, there it's uh, those chicks probably came from there, or there, or here, or there. Didn't even come from there. So. Um, but it is what it is on those forums. You know how that goes. All right, let's get over here to the phone lines, and we'll bring on my good friend, 
Dr. McRae. We're going to talk all about 4-H and their poultry opportunities and maybe even a few other different types of opportunities with 4-H. Dr. McRae, welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Golly, I'm so excited to hear about Caleb's new flight school or or pilot program. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, he's excited. Um, that's so exciting. And for such a youngster, too. Ah, he's well, pretty focused. He's pretty focused. Yep, that is exciting. How many shows have we done the first of the year? You, you, you've you been on the show now for over a decade, I'm sure, and, and um, being yeah. the, normally the first and third week of, of every month. Uh, I have to go back and look and see how many first show year shows that you've been on. Probably the majority of them because you're always the first Thursday of every month. There have been for for such a long time. So this is fantastic to have you back on celebrating 2021. Thank you. So in case some of your listeners are new um, or maybe just need their memory jogged, Andy, who do I work for? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, no, I lost you there for a minute. What was that? You said oh, something okay. about... I'm going to ask you a question. Who do I work for? Oh, well, I know that. I think. No, I'm not. <laughs> so I know <laughs> you're... Let's see what kind of understanding I have here and how close I am to this. So I know you're based out of Auburn University, um, I know that you're in charge of the 4-H program in, in Alabama. I know that you are an extension poultry specialist, or maybe that falls under that category. Maybe you lost that when you became kind of overall of Alabama in 4-H. Um, but I don't know if 4-H signed your check, if Alabama, uh, excuse me, Auburn signed your check, or if extension <laughs> signed your check, or are the feds signed I, your I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. I, I just wanted our listeners to know that the reason why I'm talking about this particular <laughs> topic is because, yes, I'm a poultry specialist, uh, extension poultry specialist. Carry that knowledge with me always. But I work for 4-H, so that's why I'm talking about 4-H poultry and egg program. Um, so sorry if I put you on the spot there. I may have unintentionally made you uh, nervous, but yes. My boss works for 4-H, and I work for 4-H, and my office is housed on the Auburn University campus. Yes. Good deal. Um, yeah, about the time you asked that so, question, Caleb came up to me and asked if he could take a break from washing eggs. And I've only seen he's only washed a dozen and a half. So, no, no break for you. Keep washing. <laughs> oh, no, Caleb. Keep washing. i got to get them all done. Oh. I know, right? So, yeah, he, he distracted me for a minute, and then I was like, wait a minute. Was that question for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, golly. Okay. So, folks, um, working for 4-H um, and my years of experience as an extension poultry specialist working on different poultry programs um, for youth means that um, I've got some kind of insight into programs that you may choose to have youngsters in your family participate in or you know, we are always looking for volunteer leaders. Always, always, always. So let me go through some of these programs and you can kind of think about it and see what, you know, interests you and then you can approach your local folks and see if you would like to lead that kind of a program or co lead in case there's already somebody doing it. Because okay, so. there's always there's always the need for help. I, I learned that with our local oh. 4-H when when I when I when I would kind of vent with you, I'm like, God, we went to 4-H and then we are expecting this and they don't do that and then and then your first words I think were to me were, well, volunteer and start doing it. <laughs> right. With, well, Andy, with with someone with your knowledge base. I mean, why you're not volunteering, I don't know. I don't know. Because I would surely take you and your 4-H'ers on <clears throat> national history to make it that far. Did you cry? Okay. I love um, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not competitive at all, folks. No. Okay. But uh, let me tell you about some of these programs that are offered. Um Let's go through some basics first, though. 4-H is offered through Cooperative Extension. 
every county in the United States has a cooperative extension office. They may have a 4-H agent who's split over several different counties, but you have an office that you can turn to for additional information about how 4-H works where you're at. Um, So one of the things that I want people to do, first and foremost, is find the cooperative extension office in their county. Number one, not enough people use their extension office or at least learn what they have to offer as far as programming. There is a lot out there. It may not all be poultry. Maybe you want to learn about, um, you know, flowers or a particular insect that's in your yard, or maybe there's the workshops or classes that they offer. If you don't get in touch with your extension office, then how will you ever know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll let people know, know too that, and this was like, we we found this out as well, um, like Fulton County, uh, which is again a suburb of pretty much Metro Atlanta. That extension agent or extension specialist there, there may not be one that knows absolutely anything about poultry, but they may know more about right. landscaping and flowers and woody ornamentals and right. shrubs and things like that, but they can get you in touch more than likely with somebody that can answer your question or help you. So don't think that, like, especially so, if you live so in those urban areas. That. Okay. Now, in, in the extension office, there's usually a director, there's usually an administrative assistant or secretary. Um, usually there's somebody who handles... Um, um, finances, and then you have people who rotate through the office because they cover a region, or there might be people assigned to that office. And usually the office contains people assigned to that office that are specific to that region. So, like say, um, in in a different part of Alabama that's more heavily wooded, you might have a forestry expert. Uh, you might have somebody down closer to the coast who is, you know, does oyster um, farming. So it's regionally specific. So you may go to your office up in the mountains and say, where's my oyster specialist? And they're going to go, uh, we're in the mountains. Um, so no, down by the beach, go that way. Um, so <laughs> think about some of these things, um, you know, regionally specific. And then you're the city they're going to have more urban agents and urban topics. So when you went looking for your 4-H person and you got a reaction of, well, we do mostly STEM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's fine. Um, but they always look for volunteers to cover <laughs> the areas where there's interest and where they do not have the expertise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, with with our state in Alabama, and trust me, folks, 4-H is different in every state. In Alabama, it's mostly in-school programs, which has been challenging during COVID. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so most of the 4-H programming that's offered is done in the classroom. Um, and that's far cry different from how it's done in other states where it's more of a traditional 4-H club done after school. Um after school hours. So you have to bob and weave with whatever program is in your area and be willing to go through the volunteer training so that you understand the, the requirements for becoming a volunteer um, and the safety issues and be familiar with the safety issues and um, that sort of thing. Because and we're, you know, we were, I'd say, we pretty don't fortunate. We endanger children. No, definitely not. And um, I don't know how this is across the country. Um, our at least our county um, 4-H program does have a separate homeschool 4-H program. Yeah. So we, yeah. we meet during the day. So like when all the other kids are, say, in public school, they'll like maybe on like Thursdays at 1 p.m., uh, they'll have a, a specific program that will meet an hour or two for the homeschoolers that want to also participate in 4-H, which I thought was kind of cool. So... Um... Sometimes it's a traditional club that has multiple projects. However, some states and some counties will do things where 
it's a project-based club. So you might have to join multiple clubs to cover all the different topics that you're interested in. So uh, like say one county might have a cooking club, a homeschool cooking club. Well, if you want to do the beef project, you might have to join a different club. And that might be in the neighboring county if you're nearby, or it might be in your county. It might be just something that you do as an independent project. And if you do something as an independent project, you need to have a good uh, communication relationship with your 4-H agent so that you know when off deadlines. So like say you might have a workshop or you might have a contest that you really want to participate in, but if you don't know when stuff's going on, well, you need to be on a mailing list or a newsletter email list or uh, remind me app or something like that so that you're in good communication and you don't miss out on opportunities. So um, let's move on to the poultry stuff that's offered. Um, okay. Every state, every county is completely different, guys. But um, there are some programs that, um, you know, might have a state contest. And if you win the state contest, if you're a senior level participant, then you get to go on to the, the national competition. So I'm going to start there before I start talking about um, regional or statewide competitions. So there are five contests that you can inquire about. And like I said, not all states may offer these. And, you know, if they don't, there's probably a reason, like nobody's ever been interested in who would lead it or are there volunteers to lead it. Um, so first one is chicken barbecue. Now, this contest underwent a change. It used to be you had to um, grill a chicken half, which was a wing, breast, thigh, drum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but nobody ever finds those in the stores anymore. So um, what, what, what we do now instead is at the national level, you grill a thigh, just a single thigh. Um, but you're not using a gas grill. You have to use a charcoal grill. You're also given half of a table that you share with another 4-H member. And you have to manage your space and use good food safety skills. You can't turn in uh, a piece of meat to the judge that's, you know, charred to bits. <laughs> You need to know when you put your sauce on, how much to put on, how to avoid flare-ups, what happens um, if you get too much dripping off of your chicken. Uh, then you also have to deal with, like, when you pick up your, your chicken initially, what are you going to carry it in? Are you going to wear gloves? Are you have a good, clean apron? Is your hair restrained? Are you wearing, you know, big floppy sleeves, something that could catch fire or be drugged through chicken juice? Um, you know, are you prepared to grill outside when it's breezy? And, you know, and if you're constantly losing your paper towels, well, you know, you've got to be able to navigate and negotiate these things and not stress out. But uh, this is a contest, guys. Cooking chicken, it's not difficult, but we don't have a whole lot of participation in this particular contest at the national level. I think the yeah. max I've ever seen is about 15, yeah, 15 states. Uh, it's a wonderful competition because you're outside. Okay, sometimes it's not wonderful if it's raining. But at least you don't have to um, stand in the rain. We do keep the tables under a big cover. It might be cold. Competition's in November. But at least in my state, when I have my state qualifying contest, it's in the summer. So I need mm. to find somebody who's willing to keep grilling from the middle of summer all the way through to November when it can get cold outside. And honestly... Quite honestly, I tell my 4-H members all the time, it's going to be colder, it's going to be colder, keep grilling, keep grilling. They're like, oh, I can do this, but as 
soon as the end of October hits and they start grilling outside, they're like, oh, <laughs> so we've got like a solid 10 days to two weeks for them to learn how to grill. And I make them grill at night. A couple of reasons. It's darker. You have to know where you're set up everything is on your table and be comfortable with it and it's colder at night so grilling at night after school um, is usually how we do things and um, then our 4-H members can kind of adjust how long they um, cook their meat for and how often they test it and you know you don't need to keep poking holes in your chicken meat just so you can check <laughs> Because then you get juices that run out and you end up with a dry piece of meat. <laughs> can they use when they do this? Can they use any spices they want? They is they just they're yeah. presenting this. So any spices they yeah. want, however they want to do anything. They can do a dry then, They can do a sauce. Whatever they can do a combination. Cool. Um, whatever works. Yeah. Contest. Um, seniors have to do a presentation. It's a PowerPoint presentation. It's uh. I think it's no more than 10 minutes long, pretty short. Um, so they talk about several different topics. The meat chicken industry, um, chicken consumption in the United States. They talk about food safety and handling because they have to do it outside. Uh, they can talk a little bit about history if they want to. They can talk about exports if they want to. Um so they basically, you know, cover a variety of topics, and you know, they just, hmm, yeah, give it their own flair. Um, you know, some of them use laser pointers and some of them don't, but you use a PowerPoint. And um, not last year because we didn't have nationals last year, but the year before, Alabama took home the state championship. So um, being a good public speaker can really pay off because Auburn was very, 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 very interested in that young man, but he's still in high school. So that's that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A second contest that's very much related in all ways to the one I just described to you is the turkey barbecue contest. That one is essentially the same. You're outside, you use a charcoal grill, you're given a table, you need to use food safety. What's the big difference? Well, turkey is challenging on the grill. Mm-hmm. Very challenging on the grill. Um, you know, it's a very lean piece of meat. Uh, we used to cook half a turkey breast. So, you know, a turkey breast has a very large end, very small pointy end that can get dried out. Mm. Um, It was just, you know, all around a little bit challenging to get that piece of meat, you know, juicy, well-seasoned, and cooked all the way through. Um, But changed the rules this year. (laughs) For the turkey? For the turkey competition? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, instead of doing a turkey breast, (laughs) you have to do a turkey burger now you know and i know that a turkey burger can become a dry hockey puck in no time flat so it's really a matter of uh, what mix-ins do i provide in the turkey burger without violating the percentages and, and percentage of fat to hold it together and make yeah to make it juicy. I can right. totally see that. It still has to be mostly turkey. You can't you know <laughs> add in pork. You know ninety five percent pork and one little daubin of turkey and call it a turkey <laughs> burger. Sorry, no, it doesn't work that way. But if you choose to add cheese, and that cheese melts and drops in, you can get flare ups. It's a mm-hmm. fire or heat management skill. And, you know, you can use any kind of charcoal you want. You can use lump charcoal. You can use hot zone, cool zone. You can put a pan of water in there to kind of um, keep things moist. There's all kinds of different methods. Some people even line the inside of their grill with um, 
good old-fashioned tinfoil for a little bit of radiant heating. Some hmm. people line the entire um, grate tinfoil so that they don't have any flare-ups that hit their their mm-hmm. meat. Um, hold on just a second. I have my phone ringing. <laughs> Sorry. No problem. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's a it, – you know, folks, if you think it's easy – to grill chicken or turkey, why don't you try it? Why don't you try it with a time limit? Because you can't grill out there for four or five hours. Now, why would you want to do that? But, um, you know, there is a time limit. Um, I don't think we've changed the times that much um, from the previous uh, from the previous uh uh, you know, the chicken half and the turkey breast half, boneless, skinless. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – you try it yourself. I like to use lump charcoal, um, but, you know, I haven't grilled in quite some time. But I like to use lump charcoal. I like to, um, you know, just let it get really hot really fast, and, and you use more charcoal during certain times of year than others. How you manage your heat is different. So it's cold outside, folks. It might be too cold to grill at your place, but give it a shot. See what you come up with. Did you put enough charcoal in there? Did you get up to temperature? Did you did you end up burning the bottom of your chicken or turkey? So if you are grilling knowledgeable, and feel like you have something that you can contribute with regard to grilling poultry meat and young minds, um, if you can contribute some good grilling knowledge to those young minds, then I say go ahead. Become a volunteer leader. Uh, doesn't have to be all year. Some of these projects start in, like, say, April, and they go six to eight weeks. And these young people, you know, are grilling um, at home, but they also grill weekly. Mm-hmm. They bring their grills with them and grill as a group, and that way they can get some feedback. And, yeah, it's a fun time. So that's one, two of the competitions at the national level that I wanted to tell your listeners about. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so another competition is very much egg-focused. Okay. Um, also, with the, the turkey barbecue, they have to give a presentation if they're senior level. Um, but some people are good speakers. Some people aren't good speakers. It's a developed or learned skill. I was never a good speaker when I was in 4-H. I had to learn that skill when I reached college and beyond. Took some classes, got better, all was good. But I hated doing demonstrations. The only way I ever did demonstrations was in California 4-H, you had to do a demonstration each year or your record book didn't pass. And it was like that whole year's worth of work didn't mean anything if you didn't hit certain benchmarks. And public speaking was one of them. Doing a demonstration was one of them. So with the egg preparation demonstration, a young person demonstrates a particular egg dish. They talk about the laying hen industry. They talk about egg sizing, grating, parts of an egg. They talk about um, a whole bunch of information regarding eggs, safety, handling, leftovers, um, storage, a little bit of history if they know it. Um, but they also have to have posters to back up what they're talking about. So not only do they have to demonstrate at a table, but they have posters that they demonstrate next to. So showing the parts of an egg or how different egg sizes um, weigh different amounts per dozen. It's all great information. Dish needs to have a theme, and they decorate their poster. They decorate their outfit, and they decorate their table according to that theme. Cool. And so egg preparation demonstration is super awesome. 
so young people get to um, stand in front of the judges and do a demonstration on how on you know eggs and different parts of the egg industry, um, and then the recipes. So, for example, if you were doing crepes, you might choose a French theme, or you might choose a fancy dinner theme, and you would probably prepare a crepe right in front of the judges in a pan. So young people are allowed um, a couple hours in the prep room. No parents and coaches allowed in the prep room. But they go into the prep room, they prepare their tables, they prepare the different stages of their demonstration, and then when it's their turn, they go in and they do their demonstration. So they need to show how to crack open an egg, they need mm-hmm. to know how to um, talk about the different steps or stages of their particular dish. So if you've got one person who's doing um, Eggs Benedict, well, they're going to be talking about poaching eggs, and they might poach an egg right in front of the judges. Or you have, like I said, the crepes. You might prepare the entire crepe dish in front of the judges on a little hot plate. Uh, in contrast, you might have something that baked, like, say, an angel food cake. Um, The only thing you might do in front of the judges is whip egg whites until they are foamy or show the judges Mm. how to separate an egg white from an egg yolk. Um, But then you'd have your finished cake on the back table. You are given a back table where you can have things that you set back there when you're done with them and then pull something new to the front to show the judges. Um, Do they have to... Go ahead. Do they do they have to crack that egg with one hand? Just clink. No. You know, like they show on TV. You know, that fancy just clink, 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 clink. One hand. No. No. Okay. No, because that's okay. not the food safe way, and we teach our 4-H <laughs> members the food safe method. So that's not real. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I gotta know more about this. You can't just now. Now. Oh well, there's a video, Andy. There's a video that shows a good method, a moderately acceptable method, and then the wrong method. Really? So, yes. Share more. I didn't I got that list of videos live but I didn't see that about I gotta see because you know every, oh you you're not a professional chef until you can crack that egg with one hand and then now I'm learning that that's not the safe way. I, I yeah, feed me more. I want to hear this. So if you all go to YouTube and you click on 4-H Egg Cookery, C-O-O-K-E-R-Y, then there are a series of videos that go through the contest, how to prepare for it, and then probably two-thirds of the way through all the videos, there's one that in part of the tips and tricks or, or one of those videos it talks about, how to properly crack an egg. So if you watch all the videos, you will probably be on YouTube for about 18 to 20 minutes, and um, you'll enjoy watching a national champion um, go through all these steps and pieces of information. And, you know, if you don't know what to talk about in your demonstration, these videos do go through there and say, you should probably talk about this, 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 this. And honestly, a young person doing this demonstration <laughs> is talking the entire 12 minutes. Egg the cookery. The entire 12 minutes, yes. 4-H, 4-H egg cookery. Yes. On, on YouTube. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a quick break. On YouTube. And then, folks, keep <laughs> listening. I'm going to take a quick break. While the commercials are playing, you can go to, uh, go to YouTube real quick, open up another window or whatever it's called, and go to 4-H Egg Cookery and, um, and, and bookmark that or whatever you need to do to watch it after this podcast, because there's going to be more here in a little bit <laughs> after this break. 4-H Egg Cookery. And um, I'm going to go watch it after the show. I've got to run the commercials now because I've got to see this this egg demonstration. I, I, I never got – I can't break an egg with one hand anyway, and I'm 51 years old, and I tell this, folks, when I'm teaching classes, when we're talking about eggs and salmonella and what's on the outside of the egg and the bloom and all that, at 51 years old, um, I would say – and this is no exaggeration. 
95% of the time when I'm cracking eggs to whether bake a cake or make scrambled eggs or, or uh, a French toast, whatever, it doesn't matter. If I'm cracking eggs into a bowl, 95% of the time, part of that shell falls right in there, either an entire half or little bits and pieces. And I got to go try to get in that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, um, I don't know what it is. And probably a lot of people are agreeing with me. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. So 4-H egg, 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 what was it? Egg. Anyway, go find it. I'll be back after this short break. <laughs> Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Alrighty, there's a couple of things uh, I want to share with you before we get back to uh, our uh, show. It was a 4-H egg cookery. Cookery, I couldn't remember that. Cookery. Um, and maybe you found that YouTube and uh, bookmarked it for after the show. A um, couple of things to follow up on the uh, commercials. Uh, Stromberg's, uh, when, you're, when you're online trying to find um, backyard poultry uh, um, um, items uh, and, and equipment, different things like that, from processing to nest boxes, they uh, you can find it there, uh, not just order chicks through them, uh, but they also uh, right now have the equipment. Back in the day, uh, they don't longer exist. If y'all may remember the, the Randall Berkey uh, website where there was, you know, brooders and, and egg water. I mean, just it was all kinds of poultry equipment. Uh, they no longer do that. Uh, Randall Berkey has now concentrated on uh, treats uh, for chickens. That's all they do. Um, now your go-to for any type of supplies and equipment and poultry supplies, backyard poultry supplies, uh, is uh, your Stromberg, strombergschickens.com. And you can order um, chicks through there as, as well. Uh, also, we heard a commercial about GQF, and so since spring is here and a lot of people will be brooding, I'll remind people about, because uh, you always comment it when I do videos here on the homestead and show you uh, the brooder that we have, the big commercial uh, type uh, brooder box, uh, three levels high, three separate heaters, a feed and water troughs on the outside. Um, go check that out. It makes brooding a breeze. And if you brood every year or several times a year, that's you need that. Let me tell you, makes brooding a breeze. So keep that in mind. And if you got chickens last year and you want to broaden a little bit and get some ducks, Metzer is your man. Um, yeah, so uh, Metzer Farms out there in California. I don't know anybody else really and in, in that ships more ducks than, and waterfowl than, than he does that I know of for the backyard poultry uh, market. 
So uh, keep that in mind. And lastly, on this coming Thursday show, I told you we have a uh, poultry uh, veterinarian, um, Dr. Pateski coming on, but for about 15 minutes at the beginning of the show, I'm going to have the owner uh, of the um, of Coopresh. Um, we talk about that, the uh, Chick Fresh company. They're going to be here, and they have a brand new product that they're going to be talking about the first 15 minutes uh, on Thursday show. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you know, it's a uh, Coop Care is kind of their overall brand, uh, and they're coming out with these different products, which are fantastic to benefit the backyard poultry keeper. Uh, the one that we tested before it was on the market that we still use today, that I still buy at Amazon out of my own pocket, is the Chick Fresh because we use it in our rabbit pens, we use it in, in the coops, we use it I, I, every time I change the garbage can liner in the garbage can in the kitchen, I spray it. I've used it in my truck uh, on, on the uh, seat covers. Uh, it is a, a cat litter box. We have cats, uh, so it's kind of a multi-use product, and you can find it on Amazon. Um, you can find it on Amazon as well, uh, and that is a chick fresh odor control. So keep keep that in mind. And yes, I am doing probably the last of the um, testing of the odor control shavings before they are available on the market. This is three years in the making, maybe even longer than that, but I've been involved with them for three years. I've tested all of their prototypes for three years, but I think February 2021 is when the odor control shavings are actually going to hit the market, and I'll be able to tell you where to buy them, how to buy them. Uh, you'll be able to go back and see all the videos that we've done about testing these odor control shavings, and I just got another delivery, um, and we'll be using utilizing that in the next seven to ten days and uh, when you have some friends that come over uh, I have a really good friend and um, he hunts on my property and he has two sons teenagers I think they're like 14 15 16 and uh, to help them earn a little bit of spending money we'll have them come and work on the farm they put in some t-posts for some fencing they clean out the coop I don't really get involved with them and what, what all I do and what I'm testing but when they're cleaning out the coop not knowing anything different and they say it doesn't smell as bad this time as last time when we're cleaning out the coop and then muck and and well that, that tells me something. Hey, we well that's and funny funny you mentioned that we've been using some odor control shavings in the coop for the last you know whatever it was two three four weeks. So um, yeah, it's, it's some pretty cool stuff and it's been in development for about three years. So I'll be able to tell you, uh, American Wood Fibers makes it. Uh, you can find a lot of their products already out there. Uh, especially at Walmart. Walmart, if you go and see their pine shavings and their cedar shavings they carry at Walmart, that's American Wood Fibers that you're buying with a lot of farm stores uh, and even Ingles. I was standing in line at Ingles buying some food and I turned around and there's a big pallet of cedar shavings from American Wood Fibers. So even Ingles grocery store carries their product. Uh, but I'm anxious to hopefully next month share with y'all where y'all can get these odor control shavings because uh, we've been working on that for about three years. Let's get back to the show. Come learn all about 4-H poultry opportunities with my good friend, Dr. McRae. And we learned about 4-H uh, egg cookery. So you can go to that website and learn all about it uh, at YouTube and check out those videos. We learned about two different cooking competitions, both for chicken and then turkey. And now it's going to be a turkey burger. And that's fascinating. And then... Um, looking about this egg competition, making eggs Benedict to, I guess, maybe meringues can be included in that competition, yeah. whatever, yeah. all about eggs. And, and um, I, I want to, cause I don't know if you're going to cover it today, but if they, if you don't, uh, cause I, I'll forget it in three seconds with my brain, uh, be on the lookout because in the spring issue, in the spring issue, there's going to be a fantastic article uh, about the golden what is it called? The Golden Egg Winner from Alabama, the top the egg. Golden Egg Contest. Yes. Yeah. And, I was going to uh, talk about that at the end, but um, okay. there's a couple other competitions that I wanted to talk to your listeners about. One Great. I'm not going to harp too much on because I've talked about it for so many years, and that's Avian Bowl. And that's basically, you don't have to own chicken, but you've got to be able to read and comprehend the English language. Um, there's a manual and study sections are assigned out of the manual, so don't have to read the whole thing. But there are different kinds of questions that they get from the different sections in the manual. There's questions on spelling, multiple choice, short answer, and fill-in-the-blank questions. So, Andy, if I asked you this question, how many C's are in chicken? Two. Oh, wait, you said Good. multiple choice? I thought I was waiting for A, B, C, or D. 
but it would be two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could do it that way. Um, but, you know, there are questions like uh, um, you can take the same question that would normally be multiple choice and you can turn it into a fill in the blank or you could turn it into a short answer. But and if and if and if you don't know, amazing. and if you don't know, you can always just circle in or say C, which what I did in high school. <laughs> well, see, it was buzzers. It's like Jeopardy. So there's no circling. Okay. Oh, that, you have oh, the, to answer yeah. the judge right there. So yeah, this it's a knowledge bowl. It's a knowledge contest, and a lot of people say, "Oh, is it like Scholars Bowl?" Yeah, it's got buzzers. When you ring in, the question's yours. And um, I've done entire shows on Avian Bull and how the rules work, but I'm not going to harp on it. But because we didn't have nationals last year, I want everyone to know that the study sections for 2021 are going to be the exact same as 2020 since we didn't get to use them. And, so and all the questions. So if you studied last year, keep studying. And all the questions from the Avian Bull come out of the – 4-H, I think Jen has it. You, you, she finally bought 4-H it. 4-H Avian Bowl Manual. Correct. Yeah, the 4-H Avian Bowl Manual. Yeah. Yeah, cool. it's a great resource, guys. And it's been developed by, you know, poultry scientists. Very affordable. It's $15. Um, Three-hole punch, so you can just put it in a three-ring binder, and you've got a wealth of information right there. Um, a contest that I don't keep it as much because it's such a massive contest um, is the poultry judging contest. But talk about it this year, guys, because it's brand new, all new, all new. Um, we've changed the manual. It's free and online now. It used to be $7 plus shipping. But we've added new sections in there. We've added brown shelled eggs to exterior egg judging. We've added um, boneless meat products like nuggets and tenders and patties to um, to the meat section. Um, we've gotten rid of the turkey carcasses. Um, people, you know, weren't finding it easy to access those, and um, so kids weren't really needing to prepare themselves for those, so we're sticking with chicken, but parts is still in there. And we've changed a couple of the pieces of terminology um, to make it um, broader and more inclusive for the hen section. So you don't have to buy the manual anymore. If you're interested in the poultry judging contest, it's free and online, and you can go check it out. It was stood right around the New Year's. Um, if you can't find it, just Google the following words, National 4-H Poultry and Egg Conference, and you click on poultry judging contest, and there will be a link to the manual. And the manual also has photos that you can click on that enlarge and can show you some of the detail that we're talking about, especially when it comes to, like, say, stains on eggshells or defects in a chicken carcass or what a, um, a coating void looks like on a chicken patty. So all that information is in there to make that contest so much easier and accessible to everyone. It is a very good contest. A lot of states have this contest. Um, whether they have it as large as we have at nationals um, depends on your state. Um, you, most of them have some version of it. Um, like, say, here in Alabama, we have two hen classes instead of three. You'd have three classes at nationals, one of which those classes you don't give oral reasons on, but the other two you do. Uh, but take a look at that new manual, and it is absolutely mind-boggling what these kids are capable of learning of and becoming experts on. It is terrific, absolutely terrific. Um, 
don't don't discount your your kids. You know, just like Caleb learned that um, that alphabet so quickly, sometimes your kids can really get into these things, and they'll know more about stains and calcium deposits on eggs than than you or I. <laughs> so yeah, they ha- definitely have to be into it. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Multiplication, not um, so much. Learning about a cockpit, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> then one of the contests that we have here in Alabama, but it's very quickly being picked up by other states, mm-hmm. is the Golden Egg Contest. Oh, yeah. And um, that's when the, the 4-H members send in their eggs. Um, and depending on the quality of the eggs that they entered, they may become the state champion. Now, this is not a national competition. This is a Mm -hmm. state competition. And in some states, it might just be a regional competition, depending on interest. So you've got to keep asking. um, Got to find the right folks at at your county extension office and ask Mm -hmm. questions, ask questions. Uh, But um, kids do not have to be present, so the risk for disease transmission here in the time of COVID is very low. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a online on the Alabama 4-H website, if you click on the 4-H Golden Egg Contest, um, there's a score sheet on there. But in addition, there's also nine videos that teach you how to select your best dozen eggs gives you really good, solid information on information like that you can use in the poultry judging contest, like stains, calcium deposits, misshapen eggs. Uh, So a lot of this information crosses over into other contests, and you can use it as a teaching and training tool. But if you go to Google and type in 4-H Golden Egg Contest, you'll see that there are nine fun videos for you to take a look at that even goes through the score sheets and how scoring goes. So there you go. And want to um, remind everybody that the, the spring issue of Chicken Whisper Magazine is going to have a fantastic article about that uh, golden egg contest and, and the winner and the shows are cool. The winner in Alabama. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what a remarkable young person. She watched those videos. That's how she, she took home the championship. She, she watched those videos and was very careful in which ones she selected. She even candled her eggs, which we recommend you do to find your best eggs. And if you go back a couple um, of episodes of the podcast, we interviewed her live on the podcast a couple yeah. of shows ago. So you can the magazine will be coming out. So you have you know all the pictures, all the eye candy of the coo and the eggs and all that kind of stuff. But you can also listen to her in her own words uh, talk about how she prepared and how excited she was. And that was a couple of episodes ago. So you could easily find that on Blog Talk Radio on our page. And she won 500 pounds of feed for her chickens, which will last her all year. Pretty That's much awesome. Year, yeah. Now, one of the last not competitions I'll talk about is just the poultry project. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to participate in any of these competitions, but you may want to just, you know, learn how to raise chickens, or maybe you already have chickens, and you just want to compete in showmanship, or show your chickens at the local fair, or maybe the state fair, if your if your state has a state fair. Um, those are always options for 4-H members, and in Alabama, we don't really have a state fair with a poultry show, but we have something called 4-H Chick Chain where you start with a few chickens and you raise them up and you show your best two or three at the end with an auction at the end. And a lot of times parents buy back these chickens, but they don't have to. And um, it's a good little enterprise project for 4-H members. So if you are have a chick chain or program in your state or a, a poultry project in your state, just know that these other contests are out there for you to develop your expertise, because if you're thinking about going to vet school, dentistry school, medical school, and maybe poultry science is a major that you're interested in, they're going to be looking for your participation in some of these additional contests, especially the knowledge contests, like poultry judging contest and avian bowl. But these other contests 
also clearly indicate that you have professionalism and demonstrated skills with regard to poultry. So don't discount showmanship and showing your chickens um, through, say, Chick Chain or a Poultry Project. We have both in our state. But uh, ask questions. County agent doesn't know, then maybe that there, maybe there's someone in the state 4-H office like myself who can answer those questions. But you always start at the county level first so you can establish that mm-hmm. connection with your 4-H agent who's your go-to person for opportunities and information. Cool. 4-H is awesome. There you go. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and, of course, this is all related to most of poultry because that's what this show is obviously all about. But there's so many other things. I know that our county has a poultry uh, horse club. They've got a BB club, BB gun club, or shooting club. And they use the BB guns. And it just there's all kinds of stuff that, that 4-H can do. And it's for um, really a, a broad spectrum of ages. I know they have like what they, the youngest or what, clover buds or something like that. Yeah, 4-H starts at age 9 and goes up to age 18. And some places have clover buds. We don't really encourage clover buds in our state because we're mostly an in-school program. Gotcha. Because 4-H age starts at, at age 9. Okay. Nine years old. But Very cool. But every state is different. Look into it. Yep. Fantastic. And thanks for all the YouTube uh, links to head over and, and learn more about everything that you shared on the show today. And we have you down for uh, the 21st, Thursday the 21st is your next show that you'll like to play. So we'll pick out a fantastic topic for all our listeners. And thank you for uh, coming on today. Great show. And I'm sure a lot of people learned a lot. And I'm going to go right now and go to YouTube and learn about uh, egg cookery. I got to see that video about cracking the <laughs> eggs and the good, the bad, and the ugly. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, we will definitely, <laughs> we'll definitely see you next time. Take care guys. Bye. Thank you. Alrighty. That's going to wrap up another show of backyard poultry with the chicken whisperer brought to you by Tucker Milling. This has been backyard poultry with the chicken whisperer brought to you by Tucker Milling with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.